0: Israel buries Ariel Sharon. Today, January 13th, this is The World. I'm Aaron Schachter in for Marco Werman, remembering the man who some say earned his nickname, the bulldozer.
1: Ariel Sharon saw an objective, and he would just drive right at that objective, and sometimes drive right through that objective.
0: Also keeping America's Olympic athletes safe in Sochi, I asked the CEO of one private security company involved if his employees will be carrying weapons. We don't comment on typically the you know the, the tools of the trade that might get used, but in this particular instance with Russia, there are going to be plenty of guns in the hands of the Russians themselves, so there's, there's no need for us to do that. Oddly, not so comforting plus how Belgium is preparing for an influx of tourists on the 100th anniversary of the start of World War I. Support for PRI's The World comes from Medtronic Philanthropy, expanding access to chronic disease care for the underserved by supporting organizations and communities where they live and work, such as Memphis-based Church Healthcare Center. You can learn more at medtronicphilanthropy.com. I'm Aaron Schachter in for Marco Werman, and this is The World. Love him or hate him, Israel buried one of its greats today. Ariel Sharon died over the weekend at the age of 85. He'd spent the last eight years in a coma following a stroke. Sharon was known as a decisive military leader, but his legacy includes a seemingly big political turnaround. After years of helping Jewish settlers move into the Israeli-occupied Gaza Strip and West Bank, Sharon pulled the Israeli military and 8,000 Jewish settlers out of Gaza. Jeffrey Goldberg, columnist with Bloomberg View, says that wasn't really a reversal for Sharon.
1: He had one goal, which was to maximize Israel's security, and he would do anything to maximize Israel's security, including invading Lebanon all the way up to Beirut, as many people recall. This was of a piece with everything that he had done. What changed was he absorbed reality realized that 8,000 settlers against a million and a half Palestinians wasn't a good percentage, and simply pulled them back. It was not a, an indication that he was becoming a, quote-unquote, peacenik, you know, as, as other prime ministers have done, Ehud Olmer, Ehud Barak. He did not do this by negotiating with the Palestinians. Nothing in his views of the Palestinians changed. He just thought Israel would be safer if these particular set of Jews were out of the Gaza Strip. And so he, he moved them around like he was playing chess in some ways.
0: Yeah, a change of tactic
1: just a change of tactics this but, was not strategic a new strategic understanding
0: but why was it so hard for people at the time to understand that
1: Well, most people did understand it. The truth is that it went very well. The overwhelming majority of Israelis backed it. Most Israelis looked at those settlers in Gaza as if they were crazy. There was a lot of opposition, obviously, from the settlers and their supporters, but it actually went remarkably smoothly. It didn't go well in his political party, the Likud party, so he broke off and just formed a new party. I mean, it was very interesting to watch a man of action, especially when you compare him to the current prime minister, who was not precisely a man of action. Ariel Sharon saw an objective, and he would just drive right at that objective and sometimes drive right through that objective.
0: Now, there is some evidence today presented in Haaretz, the Israeli newspaper, that Sharon wanted to pull settlers, more settlers out of the West Bank as well. Uh, You've written that Israel might have done that if Sharon hadn't suffered a stroke. How much do you think um, Sharon's plan, his his reversal, if you will, weighs on uh, Israel's current prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu?
1: Look, the West Bank is harder than Gaza. Gaza is an alien concept in in sort of Jewish history to the Jewish state. It's where Samson went and pulled down the temple. It wasn't a place associated with happy Jewish experiences. The West Bank is the heartland of the Jewish people. It's where Judaism started. Um, And so, obviously, that becomes a much more complicated matter for any Israeli prime minister. But I don't think that their understanding of the problem differs. You know, they're trying to protect uh, Israel as a Jewish majority haven, and the democracy, and you can't have both of those things if you have Arabs on the West Bank who don't have citizenship and don't have their own state. And I don't think Netanyahu misunderstands that essential dilemma. I'm certain, I'm certain that John Kerry, among others, has pounded that reality into his head. The real question is, is Netanyahu a strong enough leader to pull that off? You had in Yitzhak Rabin, and Ariel Sharon in particular, really, really strong leaders with a lot of credibility and a lot of a reputation for toughness, and they could sell the Israeli public on difficult ideas. It's not clear that Netanyahu can sell the same.
0: Well, one of the reason these guys had a reputation for toughness is because they were t-